I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Hello and welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and we ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me is my number one biatch. It is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. What's up, biatch? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I hadn't Ah. thought of that word or heard it in in such a long time. Biatch. The question is, did we ever think it was cool? Because my, my fear, my, my really true fear is that I did at one point think saying biatch was cool. And I, I can't confirm it, but I, I'm afraid that it, that it was true. That, that it was cool that we thought it was cool. Because... Yeah, I, the, I mean, I, can't, I won't speak for you, but at the very least, I thought that, at least, I mean, for like, a, like the way that like wearing tight jeans was cool for me again for like mm-hmm. two seconds, maybe saying biatch was cool for two seconds yeah i mean walter walter is 10 years old and when he said it i was like oh yeah that's a word for 10 year olds like that's that yeah. is you are testing your limits of cursing but i feel like because it was too like the film came out in 2005 i'm not saying that the film popularized <laughs> no yeah but <laughs> no, we were in high school when the film came out so if we were using it we may have been older older people we may have been old yeah considering how much money this movie made it definitely did not popularize anything we do have a topic we're talking about. Before we get to the topic, we're going to get to our guest. You see, Phil Rude had a certain number of episodes he was contractually obligated to be in this year, and he was suffering on that number. So I went to him and I said, Phil, what are you going to do about this? And he said, I will give you my son, Austin, as payment to get out of the contract. I said, deal. So welcome, everybody. The third edition, permanently from now on, Austin Rude. Welcome to the show, Austin. That's right. Thank you. A life of indentured servitude to pay out my dad's debt. <laughs> Every oh. child's dream. <laughs> awesome. It's so Man. great to have you. You do the picture show with your dad and uh, with your father, Phil, as we've mentioned before. What, what is the picture show about, though, in case people haven't been paying attention? Yeah, uh, it's our movie podcast. Uh, it really started out of nowhere because uh, me and him just talk about movies and media tv shows all the time uh and one day we had been talking about doing a podcast for a while and then uh we watched fight club together one day and i didn't like it and my dad was like hang on don't talk about it (laughs) we're gonna get on mic and we're gonna record it and we just kind of made it up from there and then it's turned into uh a thing where we introduce each other to movies we like we do a back and forth pick, and then we see whose is better. And also, Legend of Korra. I, I see that you've been exposing your dad to the various seasons of Legend of Korra. Yes, uh, he doesn't have as much time for TV as I do, but I do creep it in there. What nice. movie? What movie so far that your dad has introduced you to, like, really surprised you? What was one that really stood out that you really liked? That's a tough one. Um, None is the answer that, I, that I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, I disagree with him on everything. No, I would say 
okay, so at first I didn't like Fight Club, but it actually uh, I rewatched it recently, uh, and that ended up being uh, a lot better on a second rewatch. So I'd probably have to give him like semi credit on that one. <laughs> well, sure, we'll we'll give him a solid uh, C. We'll give him a passing grade for that one. Passing, but not acing. Yeah, there we go. And a, and a fun fact is that an actor in the, the what we're going to talk about actually, by what we're talking about as a movie. I'm not going to say the name. I'm going to leave that for David. But an actor that was in the movie was also in the film adaptation of Choke, which is another Chuck Palahniuk. Chuck Palahniuk? Palahniuk. Yeah, Chuck Palahniuk. No. I, thought, I thought you were going to say one of them was in Fight Club. And I was like, the only one who could be no. would be Dax Shepard. Well, I guess Tim Robbins, but neither of them. Like, were either Dax of them Shepherd in... Is actually Brad Pitt, just with, like, some makeup on. I mean, he could or do it. one or the other. I can't... I don't know which one is which. Who started first? Well, we've been talking around the plot. I, I do this with movie podcasts where I act like people don't know what we're talking about, as if it wasn't the name of the episode they clicked on to start playing. We're talking about Zathura. Zathura, A Space Adventure is the full title. This 2005 sci-fi kids film is about two brothers, Danny and Walter, as they play the board game Zathura, which takes them on an adventure out of this world. Now, Austin, you brought this to us. You're also a a fair bit younger than Nick and myself, so this is this is actually fun for me from that perspective of having somebody who's a, a, a fair bit younger than us bringing something that's nostalgic to them. Because I also have a little bit of a history with this movie. But what is your history with this film? Uh, well, I I am 20, as you said, and I was actually like, I don't know if I can feel nostalgia. I don't know if what I feel <laughs> when watching something that I watched at a young age is nostalgia or just like some other emotion I don't have a name for. Uh, but I thought a German if word any... for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> just not English. Uh, but if any movie captured nostalgia for me, it would be Zathura. Uh, because this movie, I have to have at least seen it 30 times. I There was a point in my childhood, uh, sometime in elementary school, where I would watch this movie daily uh for at least a month uh eventually i got tired of it but uh, is this why your relationship with your father is so strained Would you <laughs> because, because he had to watch this movie for a month i'm just saying if i if i ever become a parent like one of the things that i'm dreading is like one having to rewatch the same thing over and over again because i did it so i would expect my children to do it to me too it's, it's as they should go on Pay it forward uh <laughs> So yeah, uh, this movie also, uh, really on this rewatch, I haven't watched it in five years. I think I've realized uh, I have a deep love for sci-fi and it stems from this movie. Uh, everything, every trope that I like, every uh, sort of campy uh, sort of feel from sci-fi comes from this movie, I think. Hmm. Uh, so I think it had a huge impact on me that's interesting that's most cool. i mean i feel like most people would say star wars right um i don't know if i'd actually say star wars either but it's just it, zathura is not the first movie that would come to mind i guess for anyone's age where i would think that's like the beginning of 
their love for sci-fi. But I, and I don't mean that as a criticism, just an observation. I love that it is. And I love that, that you've brought it here to the show because I really like when people come to here and it's like, this movie was so foundational for me. And now we're going to go look at it and maybe they haven't seen it in like, like for you five years, you know, it's been a while since you've seen it and kind of re-examining a bit, but just to, to talk about something that's so like foundational, I think is always really fascinating. And can I just say, like, Austin, as a 20-year-old, well, I'm not 20, but you as a 20-year-old, like, you <laughs> you are capable of feeling nostalgia. I'm going to let you off the hook. You can feel I I volunteer uh, sometimes with a kid, and I and they're, like, 12, and they frequently are just like, oh, I don't, that, that was for kids. Like, that's, you know, like, they just, something that happened, like, a year ago is now lame or whatever. Like, they just, they're, they're totally beyond it. They've matured. So, I mean, if a 12-year-old can, can feel something towards something from a year ago you as a 20 year and also high school's hard let's all just let's have a real talk high school is a difficult time in everyone's life nick's nick's turning the chair around right now yeah. and he's sitting on it backwards <laughs> i'm putting on my backwards cap and and i mean i can see getting on the other side of high school and being like zathura was the shit now nick did you have any history with zathura yourself i, I did you ever even hear about this film before yeah. I told you about what we were watching? Here's, here's my history with Zathura. I watched it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, I, I know I have seen it. I don't remember if I saw it around when it came out, if it took a little while. I just know that I did. Uh, and then I moved on with my life. Um, and that's not the, and, I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. I just, I don't, nothing, I didn't walk away with anything, just that it, it certainly didn't leave a negative impression. Hmm. I feel oh, that. Yeah, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. But it's always kind of like stuck in the back of my brain. Like I, I'll just think about Zathura every now and then. Like I, I'd see it on Netflix or whatever other streaming service it was on at some point, and be like, "Oh yeah, Zathura!" Like I want to watch that again. So I'm, I'm glad that I got to. The only thing that I really remember about it like some things came back like the robot really came back to me as i was watching the film like i remember loving that when i first saw it but also i just always for some reason my little bit of like dax shepherd trivia like obscure dax shepherd role in my head was always that he was in this movie and the other thing that always sticks out for me is that i remember i saw this movie with my friend bill and that probably means that our friend uh, bijan was there and probably our, our friend adam and Bill and I really, really found Kristen Stewart attractive. We didn't know who she was, and I didn't, I didn't know that it was her until many years later. But I just remember, like during the movie, both of us were just like, "Oh man, this like this girl is so hot, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart." And then, like, I probably went through a dumb phase of making fun of her for Twilight Forever, and like we, like we all did at that age appropriately. I've always respected. We are all guilty of it. We are, and. I actually have come out to the other side of that, especially with Robert Pattinson. Go listen to Robert Pattinson talk about his time playing Edward and how much he hated it. And you will just have a newfound respect for him in that role and, and kind of as a human being. But that is our histories with Zathura. Nick, can you tell us a bit more about the world's history with Zathura, yes. a space adventure? Yes, I can. Zathura started as a 2002 illustrated children's book by American author Chris Van Allsburg. Uh, actually, that being said, Zathura is a sequel to Jumanji, uh, Alberg's previous work that was published in 1981 and which led to the 1990 film starring the late Robin Williams. 
Um, it only took three years for Zathura to be adapted into a film directed by John Favreau, who you might uh, remember as the director of Elf and Iron Man and Never Iron Man Two. He didn't oh, do Iron from, Man oh, Three. The, the guy from Chef. He's not the director of Iron Man Three. No, I said I, I oh. was saying he didn't direct oh. Iron Man Three. He also is the creator and I think still showrunner of The Mandalorian. Not important right now. Uh, the film did receive generally favorable reviews after release and also won two Saturn Awards, including Best Fantasy Film and Best Performance by a Younger Actor for Josh Hutcherson. Something that I failed to look up in the research of this film, but then, David, you mentioned earlier, was apparently it didn't make any money. It, it, so the budget was $65 million. It made worldwide $65.1 million, which is a pretty big flop from a studio right. perspective. Yeah, I mean, it didn't cover anything, basically. Um, At least it's in the green, right? No. Well, no. not with the, if you include so, the marketing, the yeah, marketing budget alone. Oh. Marketing's often not I, included. For a movie to be successful, it has to make two to three times its budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Um, I, I thought all that was kind of included in mm-hmm. the budget when people Apparently, say numbers you would think. Like you would think. I, I feel like at this point they should because marketing seems so integral. Like you need to know what 90% of the movie is about before you actually go to see it. So it might as well be part of the 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 overall. I think there was actually, I'm taking a side tangent here. I remember a Wired article from a long time ago that like was explaining like the modern approach to movies. And I think they used Die Hard as an example. Or, and it was just sort of like how, you know, part of watching the latest Die Hard or whatever it was at the time was like, you know, you start watching the film with the trailer on your phone or seeing like a poster, like somehow that's all part of the actual narrative experience that goes into the film. I don't know why I went on that tangent. I'm going to continue talking about the history of the topic. Uh, Interestingly, Favreau had this to say about the experience. After the highs of the success of Elf, Zathura was a sobering and though it was well received by the critics and I learned a tremendous amount about visual effects, the grim reality of the movie business hit me like a bucket of cold water. Mm. Ouch. Uh, fun fact, Zathura's connection to Jumanji is contextual. The boys find the Jumanji game in the park, but lose interest in it after bringing it home. It's not until they find the Zathura board underneath that they partake and the adventure begins. And, and that's in the that's in the book. That's not in the, in the book. Typically, yeah, this is this this started from a book. I'll, um, and also, fun fun. This is kind of speculating, looking ahead. But Jack Black, who has starred in the last two Jumanji films, has expressed interest in the franchise returning to space. Apparently, I don't know if anyone's seen the newer Jumanji film. I've only seen it's, I've only seen, only seen the second of the two new Jumanji films. Uh, but apparently, in the 2017 Jumanji film Welcome to the Jungle, there was a bizarre scene that was added to be a central hub for a larger game universe because everything has to be a shared universe these days. Jack Black says he considers Zathura to be the second film of the Jumanji franchise. I guess. I would like for them to bring Josh Hutcherson back in some way. I could, I could see it. it's Dak Shepard. <laughs> so he's probably grown up to Jack. It's probably been, it's been 15 plus years now, right? So he's the age that Dak Shepard should be. Oh, wait, that's a spoiler. Um, oh, that we're going to no. discuss in a second. Yeah, because, uh, because we were going to really walk through the plot of the film beat by beat in case anybody hadn't seen it. <laughs> anyway, so that there's your history of Zathura. Um, Austin, what? So this is something you saw a bajillion times. Uh, you loved it. It was your defining, what sort of defined sci-fi for you at an early age. What part of the film do you remember that maybe solidified that? What was your favorite part of the film? I have to say, and I think uh, my rewatch confirmed this, but like 
I think it has to do with the visuals of this movie because uh, even now a lot of the CGI I think holds up. Um, like there's uh, shots of space from outside the front door. There's the robot, as you said, uh, which is very menacing in a lot of shots. Mm. Um, and then there's like kind of these action set pieces like the meteor shower and the uh, cannon fire from alien ships. Uh, all of these things that were just really cool concepts that I had never seen before, even though uh, quite a few of these are probably tropes that have existed before Zathura itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some homaging going on. And I think part of the reason that the effects hold up so well these days is because John Favreau was really big on using practical effects for the film. And I think that really pays off in, in some spots, especially with the Zorgons. I think when we finally get to see the Zorgons and they're walking around the house, they look great. The parts where the robot is like an actual machine moving around like there's obviously some very cgi parts with the robot as well but when he's actually moving around like still looks great i like that you mentioned the meteor scene because that had to be as a kid so fun to shoot i'm sure so much of it was very fun but just like okay now run around the room in circles and <laughs> pretend that meteors are pelting through your house and, and destroying everything. And just like the way that Danny's running around in circles in the middle of the room, like that, that just seems like fun. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say a, a quick comment on tropes that you brought up, Austin. I think that's interesting because for this, like being your, like the film that introduced you to sci-fi and in this case, some sci-fi tropes, but as far as you were concerned, especially at that age, tropes like tropes didn't matter at that point like you didn't have any context you hadn't seen like 50 different sci-fi things that all use the same zorg i don't know something some sort of sci-fi trip someone insert one but um and i think that's a, a really interesting to take away that like just because like i might go see something now you know the latest avengers or whatever star wars and, and just be like oh well, like we've seen this a million times which we have but for someone fresh to whatever it might be i think that changes the potential subjective quality of a product if you're if you've seen it a million times and it's automatically going to get dinged because of that but if it's new to you then it doesn't matter if it's something that has existed a million times it's it's new for you and that can still be exciting and fun and and, and color your perspective so to speak yeah uh that's actually something i think about a lot um is like my biases uh especially in film because that's something i like um, and I think one of the first times I recognized, oh, uh, where you see a trope first affects how you view the trope is, uh, from the show iCarly, which is like a teen show, uh, way long ago, probably from around when this movie, uh, came out, but it steals a lot of sitcom tropes. Um, and in high school I watched friends and I was like, this feels so familiar hmm. uh and i couldn't place it until later that uh they're basically copies of each other but obviously friends came first i would i would love it if it was the opposite if friends was a copy of iCarly. i think friends <laughs> is like a disney kids car kids show yeah a nickelodeon nick jeez come nick, on i don't i don't know i'm sorry i didn't i didn't realize how popular iCarly was until like it just hit netflix recently and it was like number one on netflix for like two weeks straight all this to go back and say, I think that we now as a society just talking about tropes, 
and by society, I mean Twitter, um, we treat tropes as inherently bad. Well, I don't think that they are. I think they can be overused, but also like everything has been done before. Everything's been done 10 million times before Zathura even came out. You know, every sci-fi trope had been done. I mean, it's impossible to not talk about Jumanji in this movie. And there's so many beats that are similar. Like you have the, the person who's been stuck playing the game that gets introduced. You have the person there, you have someone that, like, that tries to cheat and there's bad consequences from trying to cheat, though nobody grows a tail in this one. There's stuff that like everything borrows and steals from each other. And that right. can be bad if you rely on that of like, oh, it's it's crazy lizard aliens, Bob. But it, like you can also lean into it and have fun with it. And also still like, okay, we've done a player is trapped in the game before and now they're part of it, Robin Williams. But now in this, we have Dax Shepard, same scenario, but it's a new take on that idea, right? It's, it's spoiler, as Nick said, it's Walter <laughs> from 15 years in the future who went through the time sphincter. I've passed through a time sphincter to get here. Do you realize how difficult that is? What's a time sphincter? A wormhole. About yay big. And while it's the same idea, it's like a new take on that idea. And I, I actually had forgotten that it was him from the future. Right. And that was like actually like a really kind of fun revelation and twist at the end when he wishes for the brother to come back. Because you see that coming, obviously. I mean, he tells you about it. Uh, but when he gets the wish again, you're like, oh, he's going to wish for the brother to be back. And then it's Danny. And you're like, whoa, brain explosion. It's not a Brett Favre football. <laughs> That dates this movie, right? A Brett Favre signed football being what a 10-year-old boy would wish for. I, I didn't know who that was then. I don't know who it is now. Well, you can assume he had something to do with football. Maybe. Allegedly. Curious. He was the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brett Favre is Adam Sandler. Was that Adam Sandler? Yes, it was. Or was that Jake Gyllenhaal? No, Jake Gyllenhaal was Bubble Boy. Doesn't Jake matter. Hall was Bubble Boy, yes. Yeah, okay. we are not, I like not that iCarly and Bubble Boy have both been mentioned in this in this episode. Okay, we got too deep. I'm like trying to rewind my brain back to like discussing the film a little bit, but I think that everyone's made some really some really interesting points here about tropes and and how they play out. Uh, I don't know, Austin. Do you have any other thoughts? I have a bunch of thoughts. I just don't Go know what order it. to put them in. Start with the third thought. And then work Third, your way back. Okay. Yeah. And then jump for like it's a whole time paradox thing. That's relevant to the go to the, through the, the time so, sphincter. Uh, okay. So branching off of the uh, the time paradox sphincter. part of this movie, how weird is the relationship between Walter and Lisa? Oh, like as a kid, I <laughs> never questioned that, and I watched this movie a bunch, and now I am rethinking my life. Yes. So for people who haven't seen this movie or haven't seen it a long time and forgot uh, about it, haven't rewatched it recently. So yes, one of the kids is, uh, Dax Shepard is one of the kids from the future. And there is Lisa, who is their older sister, played by the aforementioned Kristen Stewart. And she is very into this hunky astronaut man uh, that comes to help them out. And then <laughs> discovers that it's her kid brother. And it's uh, she has a great just revelation. I wanted to, and then it gets cut off, and that, that doesn't really like address it any more than that. But it, I, I paused the movie for a minute. That was an interesting thing to put in. They didn't 
I don't know, Nick. What do you think? I, I'm still kind of. I mean, it, it was it was kind of casual incest or whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> casual incest as opposed to more like uh, orthodox incest. I don't know. I did. I did really like when she was like when she got uh, out of cryo sleep, and she was like, "Who is this guy?" And he's like, "Who the hell are you?" The astronaut from the game we're in. Danny spun me. I don't know why, just his delivery of that line was very amusing to me. But anyway, more about the incest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I think what shocked me was as a kid, that was just like a funny joke. Yeah. But now I think about the implications of an adult chose to make that decision. And what does that say about... In a, in a kid's movie, specifically. Yeah. In a PG movie. This movie got a PG rating with that and Biatch. Biatch. I mean, yeah, yeah. This movie started with Biatch and then went to incest. I mean, there's only so much in between those two things to work with. I've been doing this thing in in editing the episodes lately where I'll like insert recurring quotes if they come up. So this this episode is just going to be like 50 instances of Josh Hutcherson as a 10-year-old saying Biatch throughout (laughs) this whole whole episode. Biatch. Um, It's, it's, It's weird, too, because she's not subtle about her attraction to him. Her, I mean, her role isn't subtle at all. She's angsty, you know, boy obsessed, you know, teenager who basically, who honestly, in a kind of an uncomfortable way, like make almost half her lines, I, probably not half. I'm just being facetious or exaggerating here, but like, you know, her first conversation with her dad, it was like, oh, I'm going to hook up with my boyfriend later. You know, it's implied that she just means to hang out, but obviously we all know what the implications of hookup is. And then, yeah, and then she's fawning over Dak Shepard brother and, um and you he, know like and he is never like i'm your brother from the future <laughs> yeah like he, he realistically he probably would have brought that up sooner or at least had like a more visceral reaction i think there's a scene i think when they're all in the the laundry room like she like it's clear that she's just kind of like sucking up to him and i think he has like a really slight expression like he's just not into it um but i mean as the brother i would probably be like oh my god i mean he's been just drifting around space for 15 years yeah why is he so chill like what has he is he really just i mean what is he eating he said he'd been eating paste but how do you make paste last for 15 years and still have muscles his survival is this implication of this whole bigger universe i mean he talks about the zorgons kind of but there's this whole bigger universe of zathora that's out there apparently that he's just been like hanging out in his jetpack suit and then when he gets called by the game, he just like vanishes on whatever planet hopefully he's on and then just ends up outside a floating house in space. By the way, let's just let, for house. those that don't remember or know, like the spaceship in this, like the game is played in their father's home that mm. their parents are divorced. Uh, and it gets routinely blown up. Like there's no clear indication of how they still have like heat or like how anything's working in this house. Uh, while they drift around in yeah, the dead cold yeah, space. That's, it's so unrealistic as their house floats through space because of a board game that it still has heat and water. I'm just, I'm just saying I can only suspend my disbelief so, so far. far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that, I mean, was that something that ever bothered you, Austin, as a kid? Like, did you ever have that question or were you just like, yeah, whatever, it's a house floating through space? Because uh, Josh Hutcherson does bring it up a couple of times, like, well, the water's not going to work and that it does. No, I I think my biggest uh, plot hole in this movie is when uh, they're passing by a star and there's a gravity field and everything's being dragged towards the star and uh, Danny 
the younger kid, uh, he like falls and hits the window and it doesn't break. And I've always been like, that should have break, broken. <laughs> he should be dead. Okay. They should be dead. A lot of times Josh Hutcherson gets evacuated out into space because he moved the piece and was caught cheating. <laughs> and so, I mean, he literally gets sucked out into space. Which I, I can't like probably some weird like ninth dimensional beings apparently created a board game. And, and, and presumably they're so intelligent, hyper intelligent because of where I'm just this is, this is my head cannon for how this stuff came around. But like they must have known that children would have been playing this game. So they basically it's basically saw like this is basically <laughs> soft for kids, um, you know, and, and I, there's something that I, I definitely I thought multiple times throughout the movie and definitely by the end that this was such a visceral traumatic experience. Um, they're basically at more or less at war the entire time. Ex- things are exploding. They're being attacked by killer robots and lizard aliens. And they watch their sister get frozen and they just have all of these like really emotional beats. And then at the end of the movie, it's just like, oh, we just, we just don't want to talk about it. The gerbil definitely dies at one point and comes back. That's screwed up. Who, who, who has the power to bring a gerbil back? Like if they actually live through it, then like who saw, I'm having like a real existential crisis right now trying like, to figure what are out the where psychological the psychological effects of these these experiences right we know Robin Williams didn't have that great of a time hanging out in a jungle for like 20 years or whatever it was but then he got to go back and he got to be a, a boy at the end so all is well oh, I yeah. mean they're they're kids movies like they're not going to be like, and they were emotionally scarred forever. That's what I, I want. It's like when like someone made like the dark version of Pokemon, whatever fan video or something like now I want like dark Zathura sequel with them. Like Dak Shepard comes back as old man, Walter and just like life. Like you just can't get over the whole Zathura experience. And like, maybe he goes back and something. I don't know. Game of well, Thrones. You said- you you did say uh, Jumanji is expanding their cinematic universe, universe so maybe they're going to have a a rated R Zathura sequel. <laughs> it's, I I, 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 mean, I want like Zathura meets Logan, like Dax Shepard with like old man Dax makeup. You this know, time the cyborg arm. Anything oh, goes in oh space. Oh God! Wait, you you mean like the sister and and, and Walter? Look, man. Yeah, it's it's space. It's the final frontier. No one knows what's going to happen out there. The of Thrones. Oh no! Dang! Dang. Oh gosh! Uh, okay, let me think. There's a couple of lines that I really like. For example, I definitely want to bring exclaiming tartar sauce back into Vogue or oh. into Vogue. I don't know if it ever was. Yeah, well, because he's because it's uh, SpongeBob. Because they were watching SpongeBob. That's why he says tartar sauce. Okay, I, I've never really been super close to Spongebob, so I don't... You, oh, you guys don't hang out? You and Spongebob I, aren't, aren't buds? Me and Spongey are not bros. Um, I also liked... This is pretty awful, but like when Grandma... Like the Grandma's ashes, which is just hanging out on the mantelpiece or whatever, it gets blown to smithereens. And I think it's Danny just tells Grandma! Like, there's some... As we said, I mean, we're, this is a movie that has dealt... This deals with swearing... Biatch! And existential, maybe I'm dealing with the existentialism, but you know, incest and all of that. And they also are okay with re-murdering grandma. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think grandma felt it. I mean, I, 
she was back by the end of the movie. That's, I mean, what if that? Like, what if that was the end of the movie? They get back to the house and everything's back to normal, but Grandma's alive. <laughs> it fixed everything too well. <laughs> I mean, the, the very last scene, they they they, leave, they go with their mom, who is just a, a honking car. Apparently, like she's a transformer. Yeah, their mom's anyway. a car. Uh, and then a bake a, ba- a, ba- a bake sale a bike falls from the sky and lands on the ground so is that with the ninth dimensional beans that they screw up like is there like a tear in the time space continuum i mean it's that whole thing of like oh it didn't really happen or did it but it but i mean they all remember it right mm-hmm. like if for a second it's like did danny just like stare at a game board for three hours <laughs> and, and dream it up but then no they all remember it happening I I like to imagine it as it all happened, but in a pocket dimension that collapsed when mm. the game ended. And when they got sucked into the black hole, which actually, correct right. me if I'm wrong, but that like is a fairly realistic looking black hole. Like it had the whole event horizon thing or something like seemed pretty close to Interstellar, which well, is my only other reference. Let's let's ask our resident astronomer. Oh, I guess that would be astronomy. What would be like a study of black cos- cosmology? Cosmet- cosmetology. Cosmetology. <laughs> is that like is that like makeup for stars? That yes. is, yeah. That's how they make constellations. All right, I'm together. the blush nebula, not the Marvel character. Uh, no, I I think this is a pretty good uh, black hole. For well, we we really only had theoretical evidence of black holes and what they look like. Uh, until 2020, but uh, yeah, the theory holds up. It looks pretty accurate. The the board game, we haven't even talked about like the board game. This board game is amazing. I am a sucker for, from an aesthetic standpoint, uh, obviously the magic it can do is is frightening. And like Nick says, it, it proves to some sort of godlike being uh, that <laughs> must exist in the Jumanji Zathura verse. But from an aesthetic standpoint, it is a beautiful board game that is so intricate and well-made. I would pay so much money for this board game. I mean, it's a little bit lame. Like, you turn a key and you press a button and the pieces move, but cards pop out and some of them are shiny. And at the end, uh, sparks fly out and lift up a ball into the air. Like, there's some seriously amazing game ingenuity happening to make this board it's really cool and i yeah. agree with you david the game is available to buy as it's, a board i don't know if the spinning yeah. black hole ball no. comes with but we can probably turn a key if it doesn't if it doesn't like if the sparks don't fly out and this ball doesn't lift up on its own magically i don't i don't want it <laughs> i i was always jealous of this game because it always looked uh, like all the close-up shots of it are just so pristine and it looks antique but still cool mm-hmm. there's a lot of little details in this movie that i actually really appreciated but i just kind of looked a little bit closer at some of the stuff like danny has a, a band-aid on his elbow and there's no like explanation for it but it's this very like real world little detail like yeah a six-year-old kid would have a band-aid on their arm and just like some of the like the accessories that the kids were wearing and there's just like all these kind of like little touches of the house that now knowing John Favreau being John Favreau and he's a, a great director with a great eye for detail like it all makes sense but just like stuff that I kind of appreciated that he wasn't just like yeah okay little kids great whatever like the board game as you mentioned held up really well but still like 
had scratches off in a believable way and still had like the wear and tear that you would expect a board game to. I'm just saying, it's just, he, he's got a good eye that John, let's give that guy a movie, like a big movie. Has anybody given him a big movie to direct yet? I I, I don't think they've given him chances yet. Uh, man, he's know. never going to, Hollywood, so cutthroat. It's brutal out there. I, uh, speaking of uh, the kids, I think, uh, there's something about their characterization in this movie that feels authentic. Like, as an eight-year-old, I was like, yes, I relate to these characters. <laughs> hmm. uh, and they're still funny. Like, Danny gets to be an annoying kid, but not so annoying that you want to turn the movie off. Hmm. I, I struggled with him a couple of times. Not like wanting to turn the movie off, but when he would just like refuse to play, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> what other I, choice do you have? Very extraordinary circumstances. To be fair, I work at an elementary school. I deal with children a lot, so my tolerance is pretty high. And and I and I will say it's also a believable thing. I have a bunch of nieces and nephews, a number that are around this age. And trying to make them do anything if they don't want to do it is like arguing with a brick wall. Also, mm-hmm. to be fair, when when they're when they're trying to retrieve the game board again, everyone was really quick to sacrifice Danny. Like there really, really wasn't a second to be like, let's propose another idea. It was actually you're the only one that can fit in the the dumb waiter. So yeah, man, it was Chekhov's dumb waiter. We saw it earlier in the movie. It's got to come back. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it was very useful. It's it's a competent film. Like it, it's a feel like is it. It's not like a Christopher Nolan twisty turny and half the thing doesn't make sense most of the time. Like it's 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 while it deals with things like paradoxes and stuff like with old man Walter um, or middle aged young 30s. Oh, Walt, there's not really a good catchy term for it. Um, it, it. It's pretty linear and just solid the whole the, way, the, the whole way through. I really struggle with that sentence, but that, I think you get my point. <laughs> unlike unlike this sentence I'm speaking right now, the movie is coherent. Now I do want Christopher Nolan to direct Zathura 2 or, or Zathura remake or something like that. I can just imagine it being long and just like horns blasting everywhere. And that's all I know about Christopher Nolan films now. Makes sense. Or does it? <laughs> I also, I found it a little bit odd that Dax Shepard called him his past self bug nuts. I love that he insult. Does? He like just to say that to a 10-year-old kid. I have the same card, bug nuts. Ah, and that was the first hint that he was old man Walter. <laughs> that was, yeah, because he he's like, I'm the space fleet admiral. He's like, so am I. It's just a card. I mean, also just imagine for a second if you were in Dax Shepard's shoes. Um, and like you met your young, like, how would you really interact with your young self? You're so different now, even Austin, even you, Austin, are so different now from when you were, say, an eight or a six or a 10 year old, whatever the ages the boys were. Like, if you were to come across that younger self, like, would you really see them in a sense as your younger self, or like, would you, would you also call that your younger self a bug nuts? Oh, I would definitely make fun of my younger self. <laughs> Uh, and I think, you know, being stranded alone in space, uh, for however many years, definitely like he might not even have recognized that that was his younger self until like two seconds before they revealed it. He's so off the rails. It's true. Yeah. Going through I, the, the time sphincter will do that to you. I just, that phrase, back <laughs> they said time sphincter in this movie, I, for some reason, cannot get over. 
<laughs> that's like uh in thor ragnarok isn't it uh there's the a black anus. hole like the devil's anus yeah 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 <laughs> oh my gosh what else happened in this film there's board games and robots and divorce oh, divorce. divorce is a thing that divorce <laughs> so you know, let's talk about divorce but let's also talk about zorgons um sure zorgons were this these lizard people uh, who apparently are ravenous beasts. They, they don't stop eating, supposedly. Uh, also, I, I think I admit, I took a note about this, but then I think he actually just stepped in alien sheep poop. You know, But I had the impression that they also just pooped where they work. Uh, all they really care about is seeking out heat sources. But they managed to develop interstellar travel. Yeah, man. I don't see, I don't see the, they have to find the heat sources, so they had to build spaceships to get them. Yeah, yeah I, and then, there's a big... There's a big error in in that logic. They might not have developed it. Mm. Maybe they're stealing their pirates. Ooh, maybe they someone are adapting technology yeah. and burning the rest. Another advanced rate, advanced enough to travel to another planet, but was overwhelmed by the Zorgons, probably for dinner. And then they stole their spaceships, figured out how to pilot them, and then I mean, fly away. That's what happened to the Yurks, right. right? Didn't isn't that what we learned in uh, in Andalite Chronicles, that basically the Yurks just waited for someone else to find them, and then we're like, cool, you're our slaves now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all... The movie movie makes the implication that the Zorgons ate whoever it is they stole these spaceships from. Fair enough. I like that theory, actually. I like that a lot. I've had a lot of time to think about it. (laughs) About 30 rewatches. Yeah. All the little details you can come up. Austin's with. Austin's got like a journal, like you just think he's like, oh yeah, I took some notes uh, for this viewing. He's actually got like a whole book on Sathura that he's been putting together all these years. I, I probably could quote this entire movie with, with like I know each scene and how it happens. Uh, it's okay. really weird to think about. All right, Austin, what was the yes. first line of dialogue? You can't do that to me. Uh, what's yeah, the come on, man. Oh, they're playing they're playing catch in uh the yard and i think they're just counting as they throw it back and forth he's got what you there. Does, what does lisa say after the piano falls down the stairs one of my favorite lines in the movie she stomps and then she goes lisa is upstairs lisa is upstairs Okay, I actually really like that. I don't know why I like that. Honestly, this I, I, to be fair, I have not seen that many Kristen Stewart films, of which I have seen four of them actually were Twilight films. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah, uh, that, that line gets me every time, though. But she like, is so animated in this film. Like, that, It's something that I just don't catch in other... Like, I've seen a couple of her indie films. Um, I've seen the, the Twilight films. I can't remember what else I may have seen. But she usually um, like has played... A much more dour like self-serious character and this was just totally like it just, just wasn't the Kristen Stewart that I I know what I love about that line is just how over all of it she is when she says it she just pushed a piano down some stairs to like kill an alien and just the way she delivers it and I, obviously the, the clip will be in the episode but she is just so like I'm upstairs like are the alien's gone now are we done with this stupid game yet and I get she just it. wants to go to her party. Yeah, she's got a date. Yeah. She's hooking up later. <laughs> but not what you think. 
You know. now, so you say that where she's saying it like she's saying it to hang out, but like at that age, you know what the phrase hooking up means, and she's saying that to perturb her dad. Teenagers are teenagers. I don't have anything else to say about that. Teenagers I, are teenagers. I remember uh, as a child, I didn't have experience with like divorce, so I didn't understand like the concept that was in this movie, but I do remember thinking like, wow, this dad is having a tough time. He kind of sucks. The dad sucks? No, I thought I thought <laughs> well, he was such a great dad when I, on he, this watch. He he was trying. I Yeah. He he's, just he's didn't no have enough. Rude, of course. No. Of course. <laughs> no rude. Dave to... and I are both children of divorce, so we, we understand the struggles of parents that uh you know need to leave for a bit and their kids get sucked into space adventures. He's he's designing fancy cars for rich people. This what I assumed what he was doing. <laughs> I think so. Maybe a concept sketch artist. Someone like I th- and it's Tim Robbins, everyone. Yeah, it was Tim I, Robbins. Do you want Tim Robbins as your dad? Well, I'm saying that I need to double check if Tim Robbins is a terrible person. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think we have canceled Tim Robbins yet, so I think you're in the clear. It reacts to negative Shawshank for devil. That just that sounds like it's a it's a it's a lot. Like you react negatively to people's opinions of Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Right. <laughs> We're not gonna go down at, at Tim Robbins rabbit hole. No, let's see where this goes. No, I don't. I don't want. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> we. What else do? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I. I was just going to ask what else uh, you guys had to say about this movie. Yeah, and I was going to say we're actually getting ready to kind of before we give our final thoughts. We have another segment before that. If anybody had anything else they wanted to talk about, I mean, I've I've mentioned it kind of in bits and pieces. Um, talking about like the look of the Zorgons and look of the board game. I just really like the aesthetic of the movie, like that whole retro future, 50s, 60s sci-fi look to the movie. Uh, I think it really, really works. They stick to it really, really well. I love the robot when it has the little uh, the little fixer arm that like pops up and like makes its own little noises and goes like about fixing itself. I just they, all these little things. I just really, really enjoy the aesthetic and feel of the film. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, that robot, uh, like the robot fixing the robot feels like, I don't know if it was puppeteering, uh, but it felt like a very, something you'd see in Muppets or like original Star Wars. Funny you say that because Frank Oz was the voice of the robot who voiced both Miss Piggy and Yoda. So both things you mentioned are tied into Frank Oz and this movie. Fair enough. Somehow I knew that like deep down because the aesthetic is similar. Frank Oz is someone that you feel. You don't know. You just feel Frank Oz. It's true. That's all I have to say. A lot of, we have a a lot of definitive. That's all I'm going to say about that in this, in this episode. Well, we're (laughs) going to give our final thoughts and all we have to say there here in just a minute. But before we get to that, we asked you to tell us what board game world you would want to be forced into and maybe stuck in for 15 years noticed which board game world you'd want to uh, spend some time in we asked this on facebook and twitter and here is what you told us yeah josh bloom hi josh uh said considering much of what i currently play is apocalypse based stuff uh, pandemic and the like i'm gonna say Candyland. it would probably be delicious apocalypse of the teeth Grant Riley said, oh, man, fun question. Well, thanks, Grant. So many to choose from, but I'll say horrified. I get to meet Abbott and Costello. 
That I've never heard of that game. Me either, but it sounds fun if it's based around Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Uh, David Ginsburg said, also said, dang, that's a great question. Thanks, David. Other David, different David. Don't worry about it. After much thought, I'd go with Tokaido, traveling in Japan, meeting people, eating, collecting things, and visiting places along the road. That'd be for me. Tokaido sounds a little familiar. It sounds like a good life is what that sounds like. Sound too bad. Is it what I think it is? It is no wait, no, that's a totally different game. Anyway, moving on. Amy Frost. Uh, hey Amy, fast, fast guest in front of the show, said Kodama for sheer chill, root for adventure. And Amy actually sold me my copy of Well, she didn't sell me my copy of Root, but she uh she told me about Root at PAX when we saw her. And it's because of her that I bought that game, so that feels appropriate. Also, she's a traveling root salesperson. I going knew it. across the country. Uh, and last but certainly not least, also a, a previous guest of the show, Rishi B said the pirate board game Jamaica, all the other pirate gangs can battle each other. I'll just hang out on an island and partake in whatever pastimes Jamaicans are famous for partaking in. <laughs> I have a clue what that could be. Neither do we, Rishi. Neither yes. do we. And uh, that was not last. But certainly not least, we... Oh, I scroll far enough. Doug Miller said, are you saying I'm not stuck in a giant game of Monopoly already? And Doug, that is too real. Too real. Capitalism kills or whatever someone says. Uh, Now, last but also not least, Jerry Tolbert said, Gloomhaven. I have to say, I have... I, I, I stopped when the pandemic started because you're not supposed to see people, right? But I was actually playing Gloomhaven prior to the pandemic starting and that game is a trip it is very thorough i still have no idea what i'm doing i was also like a bee lady that was a bard cool. anyway it's, it's an interesting game i i bought gloomhaven and still have not played it it's very daunting i need to like spend an afternoon just learning how to I mean, play it you, you need a commitment from people like the same like three people showed and i think i came in halfway through the game that my, my friends that I made through the game started playing had already been playing. So like you need, you need to trap people basically. <laughs> you need them to give up on their lives. Maybe like turn Gloomhaven into like a Zathura like thing so that they can't escape until you complete the story. There you, you go. Get- there you go, Jerry. Just uh, make it your own reality. And <laughs> listener, if you want to participate, then like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, hit me one more pod. That's where you can find us on all the socials where we pose those questions. And we want to hear from you. Now is our time for a moment of reflection. Is this movie that stays in the halls of memory or is it worth visiting today? Austin, you brought this here to us. You haven't seen it in a while. You said love it as you were a kid. But now, as you are getting more of your adulthood, how did you feel about this movie? Did you enjoy your time with it or did it feel like a, a product of a bygone age? I think I can honestly say I love this more than when I was a kid. I'm probably going to start <laughs> I'm going to start watching it again. Uh not as much every as day. I once did. Uh but every few years I think I'm going to revisit this movie cuz uh it was just a fun ride and I think um I'm I'm such a massive fan of shows like Doctor Who and Star Trek and I think this emulates this is like a two hour episode of one of those with kids, which I could relate to. And then I have this added uh, nostalgia. Uh, Someday you'll be the Dak Shepard 
you know, watching the, the film. That's right. I, I don't think it's ever going to be as popular or as uh, good as it is in my head, but I do think it's a solid movie. Uh, and I think I would recommend it. Hmm. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? I, I you know, I'm going to say I, I might be as good as it is in your head, Austin. Like this, again, this is the movie that I said at the beginning of the show that I, I know I watched and then more or less just went on with my life. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I may have enjoyed it when I did, but it just didn't leave an impression. But you know, at this time it, it left an impression. Like I, I also said earlier, I'm just going to reference my older self, but younger self, technically. It's it's competently made. A little attention to details. The characters are well. The actors do a really good job playing out their roles. Um, it's it doesn't overstay its welcome. You know, yeah, there might be tropes if you're used to those tropes, but you know, for someone like when you were a kid, uh, it's still it was fun. And I think that it's a movie that still holds up today. It's still definitely fun for like this is a movie that if I hypothetical kids, um, like I would totally encourage them to watch it if they wanted to. Uh, and I think that as we may have noted from this conversation, there's also plenty of. Um, references that adults will pick up on and may or may not enjoy. I'd be curious which ones those said adults do enjoy, um, but it's 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 a fun, uh, it's a great film. I, I I would say yeah, let's it doesn't belong in the hall of memory. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson, let us know how you feel about the fact that you uh, had to say biatch as a, as a small child on this movie. We want to know biatch. I'm with the both of you. I enjoyed this movie immensely. Glad that I got to revisit it. I think. You know, I expected it to maybe be cheesier than I remembered it being, um, but it, it wasn't. It, it, sure, it's a kid's movie, and it's got some kid's moments. It's kid-friendly, but that doesn't make it lesser or bad in any sort of way. It's fun to watch. The aesthetic is great. Uh, it's got some exciting like action pieces. I just think, altogether, a very well-put-together film. I don't like to use the term underrated, and certainly it wasn't from a critical perspective, but I think... If we're really like going to talk about movies that never really got their due, I think mm-hmm. Zathora is one of those movies. I think it it should have been bigger. I think people thought too much of Jumanji and just kind of negatively c- compared it to that and skipped over it because like, oh, it's just Jumanji in space. Who cares? But it's so much more than that. I think it is it is much bigger than that. And yes, very Jumanji-like spiritual sequel slash kind of same sequel, same who cares? Watch yeah. Sathura is what I'm saying. All this to, to just say, if you haven't watched it yet, you haven't watched it in a while, go watch Zathora. It's on Netflix, at least at time of the recording. So make sure to check that out. Austin, thank uh, you. So- oh, go ahead. But before we close out, can I say one more thing? Sure. Yeah. Because uh, I think this movie has cemented, because I didn't realize who it was directed or made by. And I am now realizing John Favreau has shaped my movie childhood mm. between uh, this elf, Iron Man, uh, Mandalorian is shaping up to shape my adulthood or 20s at least. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I was not aware of him as a director as a kid, but he's really had an influence. Yeah, I didn't know he was the director of this film. I thought he went from Elf to to Iron Man. So this was uh, I can see, given the the how effective he was with like the special effects and stuff in this, why he was a, a good choice. I mean, he was a little good choice because of Elf, right? I mean, there's a clear right. line between Elf and Iron Man. Iron Elf is the one we never got. But uh, anyway, I, I feel you, Austin. Yeah, 
And Austin, thanks for being here today. Thanks for bringing this movie and talking with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you should you wish to be found? Uh, well, I seldom do. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me at austin.n.rude on uh, TikTok and Twitter. And you can find me and my dad's podcast, uh, The Picture Show, on pretty much any platform with uh, podcasts. We're on Apple Music. We're on Spotify. Uh, if you search us up, chances are you're going to find us. Check cool. it out if you haven't yet. Nick, thanks for being here, man. David, happy to be here. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at poundblamshazam underscore art. Uh, I'm up to 17 heads now for my challenge. Uh, and you can also find me on uh, Twitter at poundblamshazam. If people want to find me, you can find me at the username Davlas, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter, Instagram. Find me there. The show is around at Hit Me One More Pod. And you can go to Hit Me One More Time to find all the ways to contact us. You can email us there as well. We'll most likely read it on the show unless it's laced with profanities, in which case then we'll just bleep those out. Listening audience, thank you so much for being part of the show. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!